2: Listenership—that's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today.
3: Like, um, well, first before I get into, I still want to talk about the cultural impact of this. Yeah, because um, the North Korean girls Hebiok. You yeah. see her Instagram following?
2: Dude, she's she she, huge. It's like 13 million now. Holy fucking shit. Well, first of all, I heard she's like this is her first time acting. First time <laughs> yeah. acting, too. Yeah. Wow. Knocked it out the park. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, right? When we talk about the level of acting, this is why sometimes I feel that when people say we always try to give like certain in 5 four three two one hello everybody welcome to another episode of the genius brain podcast hold on i need to get my glass of vino <laughs> <laughs> you
1: forgot that yeah. there
2: we go cheers cheers there is no genius brain without a little bit of alcohol my friends yeah, it's a little poison in your veins have, have you been have you been follow do you follow ariel uh,
3: helwani a little, like just when he comes up on the news, I'm like, oh, what, what did this guy say?
2: Yeah, what did the no say? You know him and Brendan Schaub are beefing? What? Why? So I guess like I don't follow too much of like Errol Hawani. I don't follow him too much. Not because I don't yeah. like him. I just see him on everything. So I don't need to follow him because he's going to be on every single yeah. MMA outlet anyways, right?
3: I, I don't follow him because he used to be on ESPN all the time. But now that he left, I mm-hmm. actually haven't been once known I haven't known what he's been up to.
2: He signed yet. to a bunch of different companies because he's not married to ESPN anymore. Right. So he's just a contract. Yeah. I think he's a part of like Vox Media now. He's doing really well. Like he's a huge name in in sports in general, specifically yeah. mixed martial arts. Right. But I guess on a podcast, um, Brendan Schaub said something about he said that people don't like working with. Uh, Ariel Helwani because he's difficult to work with Yeah, and he said I heard from a a few other people that work with him that it sucks to work with him or whatever which I didn't think that it would be something that Ariel Helwani would get really mad at Mm -hmm. but you know I think he always plays the heel So people always shit on him or whatever. But now that he's not a part of ESPN, he doesn't really have a code of conduct that's really anchoring him down. Yeah, he's going off. He's like, "Fuck Brendan Schaub!" Like, "Fuck you!" Like, you don't know shit about me. He starts going after his stand-up, saying like, "He's like, oh, how's your fucking career going? Don't you have like a one point seven on on IMDb for your (laughs) stand-up special?" Shit! (laughs) Like, he goes, he goes, and anybody who fucks with Brendan Schaub, Brian Callan, fuck you uh fucking what? your your fucking podcast producer fuck you all your little lackeys at your what, he's like Tupac now Yeah <laughs> Hit him up yeah. yeah he's going off dude and he's like calling Brendan Shop on on his uh on his show mm-hmm. on the what I think it's called like the the nose or something like that Yeah He's calling Brendan Schaub on his podcast saying, oh, you think I'm scared of you? He goes, I'm not scared of you at all. I'll call you right now. He starts calling him on his podcast, wow. waiting for his response. Uh-huh. So he says that the only way he'll stop fucking with Brendan Schaub is if he uh, publicly gives him an apology.
3: What the fuck? What? That's um. That's some fucking balls. I know. I would be so scared to say anything like that. Like, but he but that's what he's known for, right? That's what he UFO. knows uh, he annoys a lot of fighters because he's yeah. like pretty brash with his questions. Mm-hmm. So like it's
2: pretty amazing the kind of confidence this guy walks around with. Dude, a hundred percent, man. Cause he's not scared of anybody. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that obviously he's not gonna beat up anybody. He, I mean, he's gonna get his fucking ass beat by everybody. Yeah. Nice guy, scrawny dude. But in terms of him as a journalist and what he's gonna say and what he's gonna do, he backs it up 24 fucking seven.
3: Yeah, that's true. He He'll, gets all the info. Like he's always right mm-hmm. about shit. Too.
2: He'll fucking ask uncomfortable questions 24-7. But yeah, he's going after Brendan Shop like stand-up, talking about um, he's like, Oh, uh, you you keep selling you se- you keep telling us that you're selling out shows, but it's funny because I see your shows on Groupon's because you can't sell it at full price. Oh so is that God. how you're selling out your full shows? I'm like, bro, this guy's fucking crazy. He wants all that heat. I wonder, I wonder why he took that so offensively though. What what exactly did Brendan Shop say? He talked about his uh, professionalism in in a work sense, how people don't right. like to work with him, and that was the thing that tipped it over. And he's just pissed as fuck about it. And I'm like. That's the thing that makes you mad. I mean, doesn't he work as a journalist? Do you usually work alone? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he has he got I mean, he's working for multiple companies, so clearly it's not true, right? Yeah. So, I don't I don't know, maybe it's because he went personal about him as his, as a character, uh, as right, his character as a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess
3: and if props to him if he's going after everything but Brendan's character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: is like hmm, and he's like saying brian callen he's like you better watch out because i know shit about you too so yeah. he's he's really putting it out there i can't believe he called him up on his podcast and he's not picking up Dang. but then on the fighter and the kid i saw i just saw a clip today where he's saying you know yo like i respect ariel hawani blah blah and i think i fucked up like i you know i overstepped my boundaries i even texted him like i apologize he goes i don't want to text you said that you were going to give me a public fucking apology fuck your text give me my public apology what the <laughs> fuck? This was fucking crazy. That's crazy. That's a weird, like, power balance, yeah. too.
3: Like, for a fucking giant guy like him who's <laughs> just, just, like, Get succumbed
2: punk- to fucking Ariel like like, a hundred. He's, like, six feet tall, like 160 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, Brendan shops 250 jacked, yoked as yeah. fuck. That's kind of crazy, a weird dude. thing, dude. Mm. But what we're going to talk about today is the long fucking harassing me. About this shit, so we actually did a Squid Game review. But I think I drank a little too much.
3: Yeah, you know our our first recording. Uh, I I look back on it. I was like, you know, I do pat ourselves on the back because it's like, damn, we have pretty good memory. Yeah, we went over the entire fucking season. Yeah, like episode perhaps straight from our memory, but. Like what was we were just
2: recapping it. Right? <laughs> I was listening to it again because I was a little buzzed, yeah. you know. And then I, you know the next day I was kind of skimming through it. I'm like, we didn't really talk about it. We were just yeah. kind of relishing how dope every episode <laughs> was. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this, is, this is the worst Squid Game podcast breakdown ever, dude. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we're just like spoiling it for people who haven't seen it, and it was a
2: little too early for that. For yeah, that time too. I I think I'm so shocked. Yeah, at how much of uh, of a cinematic phenomena
3: this is, right? Right. The cultural phenomena yeah. that it is hev- hitting like every nation that has Netflix. Yeah. And maybe the ones that don't, like I know in Iraq, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you go to, like, I just remember about the Bazaar, there's just like tens of thousands of DVDs, all bootlegs. It's like, so you can watch anything out there. But anyways, just to say like how big this show has gotten culturally, like, wow, this is a, uh, this is somewhat bigger than Parasite,
2: right?
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, this, the most watched series in Netflix history. history. I think the number was like 111 million individual accounts have watched it. That's crazy. Which says, that's that's not accounting for the, the other millions of accounts that haven't seen it. They get a billion dollars a month from subscriptions?
2: Dang.
3: That's crazy, dude. So that's why I want to say like for season two, this motherfucker better get all the resources.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like he's gotta get everything going on. I mean, I guess for me, like when I when I thought about it, right? Like I Squid Games is so dope. Yeah. You know, as for me, as expected for a lot of Korean shows, right? I wonder what made this one hit so hard. Like I'm very curious as to why people connected with this one so much. And there's a lot of comparisons to uh Battle Royale, yeah, uh Alice in Borderland. Yeah. Which I tried getting into, I, I couldn't get into it. Um. So, so, like for my theory, I guess when
3: I was looking at it was that, um, like, Battle Royale, Border, uh, Alice in Borderlands, um, all th- this genre does come out of Japan, right? Yeah. Um, like, and you can even put Hunger Games into into yeah. this genre, right? The underlying thing that they all have in common is that it's not voluntary. Mm. Right. And the games don't really, they might be an allegory to something, but I've never really cared. Yeah. Right. Also being, it's, it's a little too far fetched and it's usually in a dystopian society, a dystopian future or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But squid game says like, yo, this could happen now. You know what it's like, you know, like this is, we live in this kind of society today. That's the thing about squid game. It's like, what would it ask? Every viewer, like, what would you do? Would you play the game? Do you want this money? That kind of thing. I think that's why, especially in Westernized countries, like, that's why it's so wild to see white people love this shit,
2: yeah. you know, more than Parasite. The the Yeah, that is true. I didn't really think about that because in Battle Royale, they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice. Right. Uh, this uh, one, they have a choice. And in yeah, fact, man. in Squid Game, they had a choice to leave. They left and a majority of them still decided yeah. to come back. It's a big part of the plot big part of the philosophy behind
3: the entire game is that you asked for this. <laughs> you yeah. want this, right? It's about desire. Like, um, Well, first, before I get into that, I still want to talk about the cultural impact of this. Yeah. Because um, the North Korean girl, Did you yeah. see her Instagram following? Dude, she's she she, huge. It's like 13 million now. Holy fucking
2: shit. Well, first of all, I heard she's like, this is her first time acting. First time <laughs> yeah. acting too. Yeah. Wow. Knocked it out the park. <laughs> Fuck, bro. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, right? When we talk about the level of acting, this is why sometimes I feel that when people say, we always try to give like certain Asians slack. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is their first big feature film, whatever. Hey, her first time acting, period. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I don't want to hear shit. Better better see a Ghost in the Shell reboot. (laughs) Oh,
3: bro. Her
2: and Ghost in the Shell would be fucking amazing.
3: Well, like, the way I'm seeing it though, because of like, like, like Shang-Chi, right? And mm-hmm. I hate to bring it up again, but it was very Chinese. Yeah. Right. And I think if they make Ghost, a, a Ghost in a Shell again, it'd have to be very Japanese, not like how multicultural it was. Oh, well, we'll just do a 23andMe yeah. in her. I bet she has a little <laughs> bit of Japanese in her. She'll be fine, dude. So even in, in Squid Game, if there was a remake, you know who I kept thinking about as the lead, as Ki-Hun? Fucking John Cho.
2: Oh, that'd be really Have fucking Have you seen John
3: weird. Cho right now? Because he's about to do the live action Cowboy Bebop. So he's got the long hair and everything. Oh, shit. He fucking looks like Q. <laughs> oh, does he?
2: Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, I, well, But we both also agreed there shouldn't be a remake. Yeah. I mean, this is what I was... I, I always get worried when something Korean pops off big. I'm like, okay, is this going to be another My Sassy Girl American version? Yeah. Old boy American version again? Just don't touch it. But that's... that's precisely the reason why you
3: can't remake a show like this or um, like Parasite. Like for me, when I saw Parasite win the Oscar for Best Picture, like uh, huge for for us and our culture, our people and like our impact around the world or whatever, right? Um, But it was a movie that can't be made as an American movie. Yeah. You know, because uh, it's a, movie about classism right Mm -hmm. but you can't talk about american classism without talking about race right yeah so you know the poor family can't be like this white family trying to scam this other white family kind of thing it's it's too unrelatable for us as americans Mm, but as americans we can see a homogenized country of all koreans and look at class without Race, yeah, right, and understand where we are in that picture, mm-hmm. right? Because so if you if you had a movie like Parasite in America, you'd have to have to, it has to be about race. It's intertwined poverty and race, yeah, in this country. So it's like when we as Koreans, right, or people around the world, they watch American films about American culture. We are watching white and black people struggle to live together,
1: mm-hmm. right.
3: Um, and it's because of race, right? With a little hint of class, um. But when the whole world saw *Parasite*, they saw classism for what it is, you know, because they didn't have to think about the race. Yeah, you know, and that's just what the beauty of a movie winning the Oscar, talking about what's happening in our culture and our times today you know like the americans can really understand the society we live in with the system that you see going on from living in the basement to living on the top of the hill
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario and i talked about it in our podcast where we watched the this 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 little docuseries on youtube and I'm, once again i'm forgetting the name but they were talking about the high suicide rates in in korea like first of all like suicide rates in korea outbeats everybody as a yeah. country yeah. like <laughs> in your fucking <laughs> face dude you know? number one baby <laughs> number one <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Don't number ever say one, we're everything. not the best yeah. at anything.
3: Also, number one porn consumers. I, I learned about that. Too. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> what the fuck? Then why are we killing ourselves so much?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big time alcohol consumers, big time cigarette consumers across.
2: Uh, it has to map. do and that's yeah. all stress induced stress. You yeah. know? And then um I was mention I mentioned this before too, but there was a kid that was being interviewed and they were asked, like, Oh, what are your dreams? He goes, I don't have dreams, I have goals. Mm. Never even thought about what his dreams are. You know, going to, you know, the top Three or three major universities in Korea is a goal to have, yeah. and when we put in this idea of what your goals are, you don't know what it is, and we always have this reoccurring theme where we talk about class in Korean. It's you know, we, we always mention it in churches. Yeah, Like classism is super high in churches. Yeah, What you say, what you do, how you behave is a reflection of who you are and if you say something out of turn, that gossip's gonna go around and makes you look bad. And that's and why
3: it, you can't buy the Toyota and go to church, you have to buy the
2: Lexus. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't have to get the, yeah, exactly, dude. You don't get a BMW sometimes, the Mercedes is way better. Yeah. You know, and this is something that happens too, like even in the, in the nuclear Korean family, right? There are times where public perception is put before the happiness of their own children Mm. i've heard this so many times with a lot of korean american kids right Mm. they go oh my parents told me not to do this because of how it would make them look or our family look rather than say does this make you happy is what you're doing making you happy but instead it's how is it going to make me look like to all these church people (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean my
3: mom called me about squid game right because she was really hyped about how popular it is
2: Sponsor Current. My friends, if you are sick of the current banking system, not this current, that you have with all their stupid fees, long lines, and clunky-ass apps, then Currents will be the one for you. I'm right there with you. Technology is improving at a very fast rate. And I got to tell you something. I want my banking to be as easy, streamlined, and advanced as everything else. Because why the hell not? It's all about accessibility. And why should we always get surprised by weird fees when all I want is that flexibility, freedom, and faster access to our motherfucking money current is a tech company and lets you manage your money on your phone that's how it should be affordable no surprises and no minimum balances that's how it should be my friends I love it. Remember, my friends, it's your last chance to be a part of our current giveaway. We've partnered with Current to give away $500 to our listeners. Current is going to give away $100 to five listeners of our show. All you have to do is download the Current app and enter our code BRAIN during sign-up for a chance to win. That's BRAIN during sign-up. The giveaway closes soon on October 20th. 2021 so sign up now before it's too late download the current app sign up in less than two minutes and enter code brain for a chance to win visit current.com slash brain for full terms and conditions
3: Uh, telling me ideas about what stevie should make like based off of squid game faint food or whatever (laughs) make a squid dish (laughs) all this stuff so i was like oh what'd you think about the show she's like oh i didn't see it (laughs) what the fuck because she's a christian oh yeah wish she can't go to church and talk about oh Squid Game, did you see it? Yeah. You're like, oh no, you sinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to go to hair? I guess she saw the first episode and once they started like fucking mowing down everybody
2: at the red light. She turned night, it off. She
3: turned it off.
2: <laughs> but it's such a that's interesting though, because it's such a good ref not a good, but we always talk about too how a lot of these Korean films is based on classism. Yes. It's one of the biggest issues that we have in Korea, right? Mm-hmm. Or I, I I would say it's a lot of stuff that kind of people know about, it bothers them, but they don't really speak up against it.
3: Tell me about a Korean movie where the rich, wealthy man is the good guy. (laughs) Never. Never, right? (laughs) Never. You watch any modern Korean movie, rich people are the bad people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. (laughs) They're always doing something evil Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. The only rich, good guy you'll see is if they make a biopic about some old, you know, chosen king. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: right? You know, yeah, I'll tell you, that's true. Yeah. You know, if if I could give somebody like a little bit of insight, if they say, Well, I can't really relate to that because obviously classism is different here. It's very much tied to race, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Something small. Like think about how the reason why we buy things, right? Specifically in big metropolitan cities. Yeah. We tend to buy things that are a little more flashy, a little more expensive with bigger brand names because we want to show that we're cool and we belong. That's a level of classism of itself. It's like when you buy a Kanye West t-shirt, right? He'll he'll sell a cotton ring spun white t-shirt. If you walked outside and you didn't tell me that was a Kanye West t-shirt, I was like, nice target t-shirt, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. But then you walk out and you go – Hey, man, I just yeah. caught this shit from fucking Kanye's new line. I would have never known. Yeah. It's the idea that we, sometimes we buy things to show people that we're better than them. Hmm. And I, I I feel that sometimes, too. Yeah, you better not get caught wearing fucking skull earbuds, right? <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, my God, skull? Yeah, yeah. would did you buy that Walmart? <laughs> know, did you get that at the airport because you fucking lost your the earbuds? Checkout lane at, like, Safeway or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> it's it's all this stuff, too, right? But I mean, yeah. there's a lot of companies who are now fighting against it. Like, like stop paying for premium shit and you could just get the same shit for a lower price. But a lot of that stuff sometimes, a lot of that stuff at times has to do with class. You want to be a part of an elite group. You want to be a part of the cool group. Like, I don't know how many times I bought a shoe. I walked out, they're like, bam, fresh kicks. I'm like, (laughs) I. (laughs) (laughs) cool you know for me my my and i used to do that a lot too and i'm and i'm kind of like speaking to myself like when i bought these shoes was because it was tied to how it made me feel when i was a kid when i used to see other Mm. people with shoes that i couldn't have yeah so we have a, a a small window into that as well it's maybe not as culturally tied but you see that in a lot of metropolitan cities
3: and that's bringing
2: back the
3: overarching theme of uh squid game See, last time I thought it was an allegory to capitalism, which it is. The games are very much an allegory to capitalism. But um, the real theory, like, because this, this happens in episode two. So we, I watched it twice. You, you watched it again like, yeah. through, right? Um, uh, the cop guy, I can't believe I don't remember his name, but um, he goes into Yi byung huns apartment that he's been missing from, right? And he checks it out. The fish are dead and whatever. There's a book that he goes over and it actually shows up in the subtitles, right? The Theory of Desire by Jacques... uh, Fuck, I forgot his last name. Jacques (laughs) Cousteau. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I was so curious about that. And then, so I crammed this week, like reading, looking it up and all these philosophers are talking about it. Apparently it's the most complicated theory like to explain. But in my like just couple hours of watching YouTube videos... It's about pretty much, um, you know, we are like individual people, right? When we're babies and we first see ourselves in a mirror and recognize that it's us, ourselves, that's when the ego is born. That's when you become a subject, right? And everything else is an object of your wants and desires. And then there's a split between what a want is and what a desire is. But the idea is that, Um, when you're a baby, like mommy's everything, right? But when mama leaves because she needs to eat some fucking food, take a shit, you know, go see daddy or whatever, um, babies get upset. Like, where's mommy? Where's mommy, right? But you see mom hanging out with uh, dad. Then as a child, you're like, what does dad have that I don't, right? And the theory is that that's where it's born to have A desire in front of you to be like something, to have something, um, to to need something in order to get that love from our mothers, right? But even once you grow out of the adolescent stage where it's not about mom and dad anymore, we still grow up into identifying ourselves by the things we desire, right? Mm. And the things we get and the things by objects, right? So let's say, like you were saying, the way you talk about your Tesla, you got it. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got a Tesla. Yeah. Okay. Right. That it's not enough. We have this huge, it could be a, 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 like a philosophy about consumerist capitalism or whatever, but we are always left empty. Right. Once we get that object, this, okay, so I got that girl. Now what? You better maintain that shit, right? Yeah. Oh, I got that job. Now what? Well, you could better grind nine to five mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. It's always going to leave you kind of like left wanting more, desiring more because that object is just a dangling carrot on a string right in front of you. So like that's what actually Squid Game like actually comes to be about towards the end of the season because that's what Il-Nam, the old man talks about, right? Yeah, Rich people, poor people, what they have in common.
2: Exactly this, this theory of desire. That's and you know, that's also a, a good reflection upon the main character. Yes, like, nice. what, what, I mean, look at him for example. Right, the biggest piece of shit ever. Yeah. this is the first. There, Squid Game is one of those series too. There's no hero. Mm. (laughs) the guy that's supposed to be the hero in this story is consistently a piece of shit yeah and if you know some people may not see this or they might not agree but you have to understand if you look at this guy's character right so there was um, a clip of lebron james talking about squid game really yeah so he watched squid game he was like yeah i don't i don't really like the ending of squid game and they go Mm. why like that dude just up and left his daughter like i don't like how it ended i'm like Mm. but that is true to his his character character that yeah. is who he is. If you look at it from beginning to end, you're, you're always getting pulled apart, right? You're like, oh, he shows these glimpses of great humanity. He chooses yeah. to save the older man, Ilnam, yeah. right? He's going to save him. He's going to put him in his team. And then you see this glimpse of his true character. It's, it's kind of, even his good deeds seems to be out of selfish motive, right? Mm-hmm. It's because he doesn't want to feel guilt. It's yeah. not because it's the right thing to do. I feel like he doesn't want to live with that guilt. So one of the greatest things too, it's like, I think- Really showed who he is as a person is when it was a scene that made me cry the fucking most right. is when they were playing the marble game. Yeah, of course, yeah, right? dude. Episode six, <laughs> the, <laughs> the sad Kangbu,
3: right? Yeah, the most saddest oh. episode of TV like since I don't know, like I don't know when the last of something on Game of Thrones, like <laughs> <Yeah>. red <laughs> wedding
2: type of shit, dude. He's like, we're friends. You're you're my Kangbu. It's like a nickname that you give your yeah. best friends as kids, right? You're you're my Kangbu, and you hear this. And it kind of fortifies like the strong bond that they've developed throughout playing all these games, surviving, helping each other out. But when it comes to that point where he has to choose his life over his, he doesn't think about a solution where they can both live. He only thinks about himself. And, you know, you might say, well, you could see that he was struggling with the idea of taking those marbles. However, his damning, the place where he was damned the most is when he looks at him, he goes, hey, at the end, he goes, how about we just play one last game for all the marbles? And what does he say to him? Because why the, the fuck yeah, would that I? It do doesn't that?
3: make any sense. Yeah. Right. And it was like, does it make any sense to trick me and take all my marbles? Like,
2: <laughs> ooh. <bro. laughs> and it's the way that he reacted when he when he made that proposal that makes that shows his true character. Yeah. He looks at him as if he has the moral high ground. Yeah. He goes, Why the fuck would that make? What are you talking yeah. about? This is insane. Why the fuck would I give you all my marbles? And it's like, right. wait, hold on a second. How do you talk to him as if he's beneath you? A misguided righteousness. Yes. So um, that's one of Raya. the themes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, we just can't help ourselves. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But um, I'm, yeah. For all the people who keep saying that they hate the ending, I propose that you watch the fucking show over again mm-hmm. and look at the character of what he's like. Right. Um. First instance, I believe we see. Uh, could be one of the first. Like, um he keeps losing the game of takchi right? To yeah. to, to Kongyu, right? Yeah. Um, and so instead of owing him a hundred bucks, Kongyu offers to slap him instead of giving me, you know, a hundred bucks. So he keeps getting fucking slapped, right? But when he finally wins, instead of taking the money he originally fucking played it for, he goes to slap him back. Misguided righteousness right it's like the self-righteousness like it's the right thing to do or whatever um when he was at his ex-wife's apartment and they're having an argument and she was like you didn't even come to your daughter's birth yeah he's like my coworker passed out you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like because he he's like trying to say he was doing something righteous Mm -hmm. he's like i was passed out your daughter was being born yeah you know like um then it goes to even when um Even when he receives the money. Right. From his uh, ex-wife's new husband. Yeah. He's like, here's the money to uh, pay for your mom's medical bills. And he's like, but in return, don't come to see us again. He fucking socks him. And throws the money at him. It's like, yo, that's what you needed right there. Mm -hmm. Right? Instead, yeah, fucking knocks him out. Right? And his daughter watching him in the rain. In the rain, of course. (laughs) Koreans get this fucking (laughs) melodrama. Yeah. And then- um. The other part, when Sangmu kills Hebyeok, right, and in the next episode they're at the the yard playing Squid Game, and he explains why. He's like, "You would have gotten her to vote the games to be over. I can't have that. I have to win that money, right?" He's like, "I know that you and your self righteousness." would've ended this whole thing. What the fuck have we been doing this whole time? Yeah. You would've done some fucking dumb shit like that. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? He beats up Sangwu, is right there to win the game, and goes back to try to save Sangwoo's life and go back and do exactly what Sangwu said he was going to do, vote to end the game. Yeah. He's like, one last, and he stabs himself in the neck. Yeah. Right? Because it's just like, he can't have that. that that's part of the things about uh, the difference between Need and want. Sangwoo needed to win the game, right? Like we, as we saw his character, he needed to win. Like Kiun, he had the money in front of him. So it's tapped it away, he found other options. That's why he's playing the game. He wants to win the game, and it, it's showing the difference between someone who wants to win because that's it becomes conditional,
2: mm-hmm. and someone who needs, someone who needs absolutely needs to win. Because and. That's so fucking true because I didn't even think about it like that because when, when I look at his situation that he has with his mom who needs help with hospital bills, mm. there are other options. Yeah. there were, There are actually plenty of other options for him. The option for him is to not be a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, conversely, with his situation, he owes a shit ton of people money. Like the government is after him. He needs to pay this debt back. If not, he's yeah. fucked. His,
3: he, his mom's business is in collateral. Her home mm-hmm. is part of the collateral. All this His
2: shit. thing is he goes back, he begs, he gets the money he could save his mom. Mm-hmm. And he chooses not to do it. And yeah. I think for a lot of people too, you know, I, I saw people kind of talking about his, basically saying that he's a he's a decent person. He goes, well, what would you do if they tell you never to see your kid? I was like, those ultimatums are just semi-conditional he could have taken it and then not listened to it and saved his mom because Mm -hmm. that should have been priority it's it's still stupid because if you look at the end too he goes oh well he wants to save both their lives as friends dude 400 people died yeah
3: (laughs) 400
2: fucking people. 54 at that point yeah yeah at that point somebody has to win take that money and try to do your best that you can with it I know it's, obviously, I'm not in this fucking Squid Game, but we're just kind of talking about what's true to his character as a person. Before we continue, my friends, thank you for listening to our sponsored ads because Raycon earbuds is what we are sponsored by, and I have been sponsored by them for a long time because I fucks with them heavy. Premium audio, specifically from my work earbuds that I just copped. When I say you need wireless earbuds with active noise canceling, I am For serious. Because for example, for me, this past weekend I went to Hawaii for some work stuff and on the plane I hate hearing the sound of jet noises, the engine, people's chit chatter. If you turn on the active noise cancelling, it cuts out a whole bunch of that noise so all you have to do is sit there chill and listen to whatever you're listening on your earbuds with that great premium audio. And on top of that did I tell you Boast a 32 hour battery life? Yeah, 32 hours. That means you don't have to worry about your wireless earbuds dying on the plane, which has happened to me so many times when I wasn't using my Raycon work earbuds, and all I had was my stupid other ones that failed me miserably, and I just sit there on the plane for hours doing absolutely nothing. And by the way, if you're not happy, 45-day free return policy. That's how confident they are. Right now, go to buyraycon.com slash brainwork to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y, raycon.com. Slash brain work for 15% off Raycons today. Buy Raycon.com slash brain work. You know, at the end, what does he fucking do? He, <laughs> he calls his daughter, Daddy's coming home, no. gets a call, hey, I'm coming after you, leaves the fucking plane and says, fuck you to his daughter again. again. My fucking God. Yeah. And it's indicative of why
3: his mom was sick in the first place, too, right? What about your insurance? And she's like, you fucking canceled the insurance, <laughs> spent all the money. And now I don't have insurance. Yeah. Right. That's part of his fucking character. He's a fucking gambler because the theory of desire, nothing is enough. Yeah. Right. For whatever carrot is dangled in front of him, he's
2: got to chase after it. Right. It's such a weird thing. Like when I, when I look at him, right. Because I I start to wonder too, it's even something small where uh, he was playing the, uh, the, the arcade game to get the gift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, were you more happy that you won the gamble or were you happy that you got the gift for your daughter? That's
3: exactly how it was presented too, right? That how much, um, it looked like the horse track scene, right? Mm -hmm. The way he was gambling with the horses, he was gambling with that fucking 10 bucks he had to take back from the the girl he tipped, (laughs) you know, and spend it all on this game instead of going out there and buying a $10 fucking gift. Yeah. Right? Because he has to fucking play this game. Like he's got to it's part of that game i I don't know too much about what it's like to be a gambling addict, but from what I've seen, I'm assuming that's pretty much all the p's and qs
2: yeah, it's it's a thrill of the chase, right? Yeah. it's that's how it always feels like. I think that's kind of why I like crypto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding I'm holding yeah it's a <laughs> yeah, like the, the thrill of the chase with crypto. I think that's why I enjoy it too. yeah, and you see like I mean, let's even talk about this. This is this is this is true to his character too throughout the film. This guy owes a major amount of gambling debt to a bunch of gangpes, a bunch of gangsters, yeah. right? Yeah. So he has to make a blood pact because if he doesn't pay this money back, this is the last time they're gonna chase him down. He does it with the blood from his nose because mm-hmm. he socked him in the face and puts the fingerprint down. The guy has absolutely zero shame. Before he mm-hmm. leaves, he goes, Hold on. Yeah. Can I borrow 10 bucks yeah. <laughs> or I, yo, Such oh, a- fuck? <laughs>
3: Wow, it's like, damn, man, just have some fucking dignity, man. <laughs> he has zero fucking yeah. dignity.
2: You were talking about this on the last one. We were when we were uh, when we did the shitty uh, review of this movie, where every, the the how intricate the writing is, right? Yeah. Where they were talking, what well, you were, you mentioned that everybody dies in the way um, that they got into the game, into the game. Yeah, that's
3: just amazing foresight, right? So uh, we'll go down the list of the characters first. Uh, Ki-hun, he wins the horse uh, race uh, thing. Uh, what's it? He wins 4,560,000 won, right? And then he becomes 4,56 in the games and he leaves with 4,560,000,000 won, right? That's crazy. Sangwu woo uh, through all the mess that he's in, he's, he's soaking wet in a suit trying to commit suicide in his bathroom, right? The way he leaves the game, he's soaking wet in his suit and he commits suicide. Sae-byeok, um, she goes to meet that North Korean broker who brings refugees into South Korea. She fucking wounds the motherfucker. <laughs> she throws hot coffee in his face and sticks a knife in his neck, right? Uh, and threatens him. And, to her demise, she gets fucking stabbed in the neck.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Then uh, Ali. Ali steals a stack of money from his boss, right? And uh, takes that money to his family and then he goes to play the game. Well, he gets his marble stolen and he gets offed, right? Um, who else did they follow? Is that all? The gangpe. Right? The Gangpei. The gang-pay. uh fucking... Um, Turned on his boss, he betrayed his boss, and he and then he betrayed some Filipinos.
2: Yeah. So he major gambling debt yeah. in
3: the casino. Yeah. And they came after so what is he? he he kills uh the gangster that was with him, his underling who started talking down on him. And then he welcome to Korea. Yeah. <laughs> to <the> Filipino gangsters. <laughs> then he jumps off the bridge, you know, to go into the games. Mm-hmm. Then at the games, he betrays Mino, right? The girl, that crazy
2: lady. She's so good.
3: Yeah. She's How fucking, fucking good amazing was she? actor. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> what does she do? He betrays her, even though she threatened that I'll kill you if you betray me. She's like, what did I say if you betray me? And they fucking fall off a bridge. A bridge. That's shit's fucking crazy, show, yeah, dude. This show has amazing writing. Like,
2: you just got to watch it again and go ahead and read the subtitles through and through. And, like, you know what's so funny, too? Before. Like, every time I watch these shows and I see these gangpe like characters, right? Yeah. Have you seen that guy's Instagram? <laughs>
3: Dude, he's, <laughs> right. he's a cat boy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, so soft. <laughs> like, Seca- <you> know? <laughs> <laughs> he has this beautiful skin. Yeah. He's, he does, like, the soft face filter. I'm like who the fuck is this guy
3: dude dude his i am i had to look it up on his imd imdb photo looks nothing like him
2: it's a at, million dollar smile yeah <laughs> just the <laughs> kindest looking soul i've ever yeah. seen in my life and that's the funny thing too because these guys are so good at portraying characters i feel like sometimes when i watch american films right you'll i feel like all korean character all korean actors who are really good they're like all johnny depps they could transform yeah. into whatever the Fuck you want them to transform yeah, into? Yeah. Like you'll see this lady too. I bet you if you watch uh, Mino, like if you see her in an interview, she's like, "How yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course you know? she is. Super fucking sweet, yeah. but she's like this hooker. Yeah, plays <laughs> <laughs> like a hooker in that With whole show.
3: Potty mouth, mm-hmm. and she's such a fucking shit talker. She's got that fucking uh, Korean female gangster vibe, like. <laughs> Sophia Chain. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sophia's not like that, no, but no, she's like not. yeah. But yeah, like there are women like that in Korea too, which is hilarious. But um yeah, her character was such a solid piece. Yeah. Like in the show. And it, dude, let's talk about Ali, dude. his
2: Korean so fucking good yeah and he had to act like he was bad at Korean I know his
3: Korean's (laughs)
2: hell that was you know what that was the most shocking fucking thing so Mariel was super into Squid Game as well right and it's very rare that we actually like Korean stuff together yeah because typically she likes stuff like um, the North Korean one where the lady gets a tornado and she gets blown into North Korea she (laughs) loves (laughs) shit like that
3: (laughs) right my commie boyfriend which one
2: is that (laughs) I forget I forget the title I forget the title but but it it was was, it's like kissing you forever (laughs) (laughs) you know, something like that. But she, what was, oh, she uh, showed me a clip of Ali speaking Korean. Right, That like in his, an interview? it's Korean It's hella good. Yeah,
3: he's like a, an Indian immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, He wanted to be an actor. For some reason, I guess mm-hmm. he just didn't want to get into Bollywood. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to get into Korean cinema and like got a scholarship out here. Wow. And I saw some of his Korean theater acting. Like
2: he is like, damn, damn, damn. Damn good. Yeah. Which kind of goes to show why all the – okay, I do want to talk about this. The things that I really didn't like about Squid Game is nothing to the fault of the writing or anything. The American – the English-speaking actors – Oh, my (laughs) gosh. The VIP. I wanted to fucking – I was like, how did you take me out of this series?
3: (laughs) They were like, find me international people in Korea. Mm Mm-hmm. So you could see, so the VIPs weren't all white. There was like a Japanese dude. There was a Chinese dude, right? Yeah. They were just supposed to be rich people from around the world. Yeah. But you got to think about it. If you're a casting director in Korea, like where the fuck am I going to find these English speaking
2: actors in Korea? I heard a, um, I was reading a Reddit post about it. And somebody who's, who's living in Korea, they say yeah. that a lot of these English-speaking actors are just people who are international-like teachers who right. teach English. And then they just take up acting to get on in some drama or something. Yeah, and they'll pay them yeah. something and the, just so they could be in a film or a show and they, all, yeah. they speak English, so they bring him onto the show. Something really quick because they're not going to fly over yeah. you know, some really well-known American actor, bring him over here, pay all this other shit yeah. just for the small part that really is kind of insignificant. That's what, So speaking of that tactic... Yi byung hyun
3: when he reveals his face, the, so that's the front man, right? Mm-hmm. The man with the that unique mask. Mm-hmm. What I don't think what Western audiences understand is as if you're watching a regular TV show, and all of a sudden Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, comes on at the end exactly. Of the scene. Like that's 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 actually a really big fucking face reveal. Mm-hmm. As far
2: as like that's where they spend all that acting money on. Too. Yeah. I was actually wondering how people who don't know who he is, how they were react. Like, oh, snake eyes. <laughs> <say> that, yeah. <laughs> That's what people would recognize yeah. him from, right? Is that the snake eyes guy? Yeah. And, and when Mary and I were watching it, we went, <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah, when we well, I was at home, I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. And then we all said the same, me and Mary at the exact same time, we said, no wonder his English is hella good. Yeah, dude. His <laughs> yeah. English was perfect. I'm yeah. like, who is this? I read an article about Lee Byung Hun talking about how he was treated in America. Yeah, he was treated like shit on Magnificent Seven, bro. That shit pissed me off. Yeah. And you know, I think it's, I think it's also very difficult for an older Korean man to talk about himself in that type of vulnerable way. Yeah, dude. Like, if he's he's
3: a big fucking deal in Korea, like huge. Yeah, huge. And he's one of the best. Fuck.
2: Like, we we were. Uh, I saw the devil. Yeah, Lee Byung Hun, Chemin Min my one of my yeah. two favorite actors on earth.
3: Dude, uh, the way he's supposed to be this fucking badass secret agent type, like dope at fighting all these. Like if I Saw the Devil was an American movie, who could you cast? Because he has to cover all those emotional scenes too, right? While being dope at fucking, you know, all these action scenes. Like. How? That's, he's so versatile. You have he's the cast Tony slowly. Logan Yeah. The <laughs> Hong Kong actor. Yeah. That speaks English. Yeah. So like if you don't know Yi Byung-hyun, like uh, the front man, like he's a, he, that's a really big, it's not even a cameo. Like
2: you know, he's going to have a big part in the second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so big. When he were, did that face reveal, I was I was so shocked. Yeah. And just him talking about how people wouldn't make eye contact with him. They wouldn't greet him. They wouldn't yeah. show him any sign of respect. But But the moment this, series blows up, they go, they start reaching out to him. They start talking to him, shaking his hand. And it's just really odd too, because, and this is an ongoing thing that I say with a lot of people. You see this a lot in major cities. People only treat certain people with respect if they can get something out of them, yeah, and it's the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen. If you know people that you could tell that they treat you differently just based on who you are, you should already know that they're a piece of shit. Yeah, because it's terrible. Like you'll, I always see it when people do it with um, uh, servers. Uh, Like how they treat servers. Yeah. Like if they treat servers like a piece of shit, I'm guaranteeing you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Because they, they always look at other people as if they're tools and tokens to get into where they want to be. And we've seen it time and time again. So, and you kind of see it even on celebrity status. Like imagine if they even knew who he was. It's like, do you know who this fucking guy is in Korea? Like he is the fucking man. Like he is. The Denzel Washington, <laughs> yeah. you know, in South Korea. Yeah, and, but they shouldn't have to know that to treat him with some type of decency. He's casted in this role; they should be able to talk to him. He can speak perfect fucking English, by the way. Yeah, it's not a language barrier thing. His English is fucking perfect. Yeah, so that, that's and that's the sad irony too.
3: Like Magnificent Seven is a remake of an older Western that was a remake of a samurai film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're treating the Asian guy on set like shit. Like what the
2: fuck? That's right. That was the uh, Denzel was in it. He was the main guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, I think, like, Chris Pratt. There was a bunch of dudes in it. It was, like, the ex- Western Expendables,
2: you know? <laughs> Dude, when I read the article and he said that at times, like, he felt like he was going to cry.
3: I'm like, shit. Yeah, man. Like, for a Korean man yeah. to have to talk about this shit, be like, they treated me this way? Like, I mean, and you could see it in the show, the way the the men in the show behave. Like, like if you talk shit to them, they... Fucking want to stand their ground, but yeah. then imagine having to be powerless. Like, it's terrible. That's that's fucking sad. It, it sucks. fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Speaking of uh, bad English,
2: uh, <laughs> have you seen the show with English dubs, bro? <laughs> I turned it on just to see. There's two oh things wrong God. with that. I'm glad you brought that up. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume, it's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just fat instead of vapor fume uses flavored air instead of electronics fume is completely natural and instead of harmful chemicals fume uses delicious flavors you get it instead of bad fume is good it's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy i keep one in my car just because i'm a fidgety guy and guess what i'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor my friends nothing bad for you in there and definitely definitely Fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with The Good Habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting The Good Habit that much easier. Start The Good Habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off The Journey Pack today. Hello, my friends. I'm excited to say this. This podcast is sponsored by Uncommon goods yes my friends if you haven't heard of uncommon goods well thank you you're welcome very much i'm about to make your holiday shopping super stress free this season guess what Who knows what holiday shoppings will look like this season and the unique gifts at Uncommon Goods can sell out fast so you need to shop now and get it taken care of super early. Uncommon Goods has a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't have lackluster gifts. We want lackful gifts. I'm not even sure that's a word but that's how much I love Uncommon Goods. I get stressed out every holiday because we got white elephant parties. We have a bunch of people that we need to buy small gifts for and you don't want to give whack gifts. You got to go to Uncommon Goods and by the way with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they also give back a dollar to a non-profit partner of your choice. This isn't crap stuff. This is meaningful stuff, dope stuff, out of the ordinary gifts that you can get there. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash brain. That's uncommongoods.com slash brain for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. The English even beyond the dubs the translations were terrible yeah the
3: translations are
2: bad i off the i Mariel and I were getting a little irritated because
3: who the fuck translated this shit? Well, it's because they have to try to match the words with the way their mouth is
2: moving. But it's like, you're never going to get it. Well, you never look at the mouth and read the words. Yeah. <laughs> so just fucking make it what it's supposed to be. I can't think of specific examples, but I just remember because just is just listening to the Korean. Yeah. There are some, some Korean words I don't understand. So I have to, every now and then I'll have to look at the translation. Yeah. And I stopped when we were watching it. I'm like, that's not what he said. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck did they, what is this shit? Well, you know, oh, you're
3: talking about the subtitles. The subtitles, right? The subtitles. I was talking about the dubbed acting when no. they Dude, get American actors to do. The on lib- top of that, yeah. do the subtitles with the dubbed. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. They that's don't like even match. A-
3: yeah, they're different. <laughs> like none of the matches. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't. The way the Korean actors are emoting their face, and then the way the voices are coming out, don't match either. Right. Dude, so it takes me out. Hey, the Il Nam actor. Dude, that was the. Why is he Mister Miyagi? come he has
2: this accent? <laughs> Daniel son. <done, Yeah>. Huh? <laughs> you give me marble when you pray the tug of war. <laughs> like, what the can, fuck? Can I just tell you this though, by the way? It's
3: fucking master splinter. Anyway.
2: When, when, I, when, I, when I was first auditioning and acting, right? I, I kind of drew a line with this shit. Um, I started doing auditions for voiceover acting for games. Mm. And the thing that irritated me the most was when I had to um audition for Japanese characters and I had to be samurai warriors in a lot of these like famous games right yeah and I just at a certain point I just couldn't do it anymore because it's like okay you're gonna be it's gonna have an accent but a slight accent but not too much what the (laughs) fuck does that mean I know what game you're talking about and so I would do this Japanese samurai hello my lord how are you (laughs) And I'm sitting here doing this audition in front of them, right? Yeah. And I have to do this and because they're going to put like a mocap on you and shit, you're supposed to do all the motions and the movements. It's for like these larger Japanese men or whatever, whatnot. I think they're sumo wrestlers, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they didn't want to outright say it, but I like, think – Why are these dots going down my stomach? Yeah. And why is my hair tied back in yeah. a bun? <laughs> Did you say I was supposed to be a samurai warrior? Like, no, oh, you're a sumo. Shit. It's like, I need another soup and a bowl it's of so rice. Sweet. I need to take my nap. No, but they're, they're literally asking me to do accents like that. And when I saw the, the dub version of his voice, I was like, that would be the role that I'd be auditioning for. Uh, that fucking accent. When really it should have just been a Korean accent, or maybe no accent at all. Well, well, sh- shout out to the
3: English cast. At least they are Asian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that one guy.
2: He had to do it with the accent for the old man. Like, I want that'd be so fucking funny if it was like a white dude. Oh, <laughs> so oh I did do the now accent. Now I gotta look that up. <laughs> that'd be holy, I'd be cracking the fuck up. I wouldn't even be offended. I think that's just hilarious. But the the Ilhanam voice actor was the fucking worst. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty bad
3: all around, like, um, especially Migno, um, her character too. Because she always has those monologues where she's just talking shit forever, mm-hmm. right? And then I was curious, let me see that in English. And it just wasn't the same, you know. Then I watched it in French. <laughs> it worked. Oh, it worked? <laughs> yeah. Then I saw it in Spanish. It worked. Then I realized, oh, those languages actually emote, like, with their voice the way you know, like even Italian, you see it the way Italians talk, mm-hmm. it it comes out the way they're
2: they're talking with their
3: hands and their face.
2: It, it it's weird because I, I think sometimes when they do the translations, they do it directly. Mm. And it doesn't because there's so much like vocal inflections in Korean, it becomes hyper-expressive, right? Yeah. So if you say something like this, right, yeah, right. And oh, if you translate directly, who hey are you? who are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not what it is. Do we know? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Like don't <laughs> do It's more like, yo, who the fuck are you? Yeah. You know? So if somebody says that to you, if you see that in those Korean dramas and somebody comes up at of nowhere and they speak out of turn, they go, Ari, do, do, do It's like, yo, who the fuck yeah. are you? Yeah. How do
3: you translate? Oh my
2: <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Koreans cry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's how do you how do you translate that into English, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you know. Even a lot of like Korean words, even curse words are hyper expressive. Oh
3: my gosh, that's another part, right? For every fuck you see in the subtitles, trust me, there's a different word for it. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> like, just put fuck in there. Yeah. So you realize like, wow, we're like the Korean language has so many different curse words and they're just really good at cursing.
2: Like a simple phrase too. It doesn't actually mean fuck off. If somebody says to you like, that means like turn off.
3: Yeah, turn off. (laughs)
0: Hey,
2: turn off. But if you wanted to translate it, it would be an equivalent to fuck off or fuck you, get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff too. That's why we go back to how would this be translated into, or I don't think it's a good idea to take Squid Game and then redo it with an American cast. It would be good to do Squid Game where they go into a different country. Mm, Yeah. And then have an American cast yeah. Play their version of Squid Game, whatever the fuck it is. It may not be as good, but it would be better than trying to remake it with American actors with the same type of scenario. Because it right. just doesn't make sense. Yeah,
3: season two like could be a Squid Game. I mean, they'd probably call it something else, like in different countries wherever kids play.
2: Mm. Right? Tic-tac-toe. Yeah. <laughs> the tic-tac-toe
3: games. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wall ball. <laughs> Wall ball. So I have a friend who's an elementary school teacher, and yeah. they're having a uh, an issue right now. Because these elementary school kids are playing playing red light, green light, Uh but they're doing it with the shooter and they're killing each other off. (laughs) Which I'm trying to figure out. Who the fuck are these kids' parents? Yeah. Why are these kids watching Squid Game? (laughs) I don't know. But they're playing red light, green light. Yeah. And then there's somebody you know, doing the red light and holding a tree and they'll turn around and choose people who they can kill and shoot off and they'll go pop pop and they all have to die and fall on the floor. <laughs> wow, they fucking changed it. <laughs> yeah. Why can't it just be regular red light, green light? Hey, that's a huge cultural impact. It's like, I learned it from the Koreans. <laughs> yeah, It's like, fucking hell. Yeah. But so many people have watched this and so many people, even beyond Parasite, they're like, yo, I think Korean people got some really good shit. Yeah. Well, they think we're really fucking twisted.
3: That's a beauty of <laughs> twisted. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's the beauty of
3: like when Korean cinema, like Parasite and Squid Game, get big, they want to go back and look at all the other films that they missed out on. And then they come across fucking old boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they come across like I Saw the Devil or whatever. But yeah, there's so much good content coming. We out still there. have to do a review of I Saw the Devil because I actually lost that footage. Yeah, I was uh, so drunk and high. I, I was crossfaded
2: so bad during that recording. I, <laughs> I, I was drinking. There's times, dude, I just recorded another one yesterday where I had to turn on the mic again. I got to stop drinking before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before I do the podcast. Because sometimes, too, this is just fun conversation. I forget that we're recording shit. yeah, And so I have to do like a double, triple check on everything. I, I see
3: you always kind of I'm making like, sure, wait, I am recording, right? <laughs> yeah, because I keep
2: doing that shit over and over again. But we'll we'll do I Saw the Devil because obviously Yi Byung-hyun, he's one of the main yeah. characters in that film with my favorite actor of all time, Chae min Chae min Literally my favorite actor ever. There's not a single actor that comes above Chae min hands down. I don't give a Fuck what anybody says. That's true. If I wanted to be an actor, I want to follow in his footsteps. Because every role that he does, he fucking kills it. He kills it.
3: it. Kills it. Yeah. I've heard of this. He's like a big time Buddhist too. So like after he ate that octopus, he like had to pray for a few hours. Oh my <laughs> God. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I mean, he's such an amazing actor. The way he is, the way he fucking can like hold on so many different types of characters
2: and like um,
3: different moods too. That's I think
2: amazing. people will understand too when when I, the reason why I like Korean films or, or a lot of my sensibility comes from a lot of these Korean films. No matter how serious something is, there's always stupid, funny fucking jokes all the time.
3: Yeah. They they go off of classic films where, um, I mean, you look at comedies today and like, look, like like Ghostbusters. Have you seen the new Ghostbusters remake? It's yeah. non-stop talking jokes, but it's the kind of jokes where they just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And it's mm-hmm. random. It seems like it's um, improv yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on camera. They just let it roll and then they take the best takes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in so many of like the Korean drama and like thrillers or whatever, for some moment, there's just like, there's no dialogue, but there's just something hilarious that they put on screen that, it ties to the character, but it's just like it lines the mood without having to have a weird like stick to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just so good. A lot of just, I think just that's how Korean people are. Yeah. They make jokes out of misery 24 <laughs> fucking seven and just very hyper exaggerated human beings. Like the way that we threaten people, the way that we talk to people, the way that we give compliments, everything is so extreme and super exaggerated. That's why, I like, my sassy girl. Like, you yeah. see, when we talked about that, how funny were all these it's jokes? It's like their imagination comes to
3: life, mm-hmm. like on screen. And that's the beauty of, of that movie. It's like, it's it's pretty meta for filmmaking. You can tell the guy who, made, who wrote the movie is a huge movie buff. He's a movie fan.
2: Like the crazy thing was, what, what when was that film written? Like two thousand eight. Oh, I think it was earlier than that.
3: That's nuts. So, yeah,
2: and nobody would give it a chance. Right. They thought it was either it just wouldn't sell, it wouldn't make sense, or something else. Which which is very interesting too, because. There's a lot of stuff, too, when, when you kind of create, there's a time and place for it. I think it's, it's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. I've tried to sell and pitch ideas all the fucking time. But the way that I want to do it, it the people just don't believe in it. They right. don't think that people are ready for it.
3: But speaking of that, though, this show in particular, Squid Game, right? The fucking writer-director wrote it in 2008, yeah, and he was saying the same thing. It wouldn't have
2: sold at that time.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it had to be like at this time now. Parasite so had to come out. Parasite. Everything
2: else. Yeah. Well, that makes sense too, then, right? Because right. I mean, it reminds me of the story of uh, Sylvester Stallone when he had Rocky. Mm. So when he he wrote Rocky, he was fucking homeless. Right. He was homeless as shit, and yeah. then he had he sold his dog. Right. I've heard that <laughs> that. That story, yeah. Yeah, he sold his dog and he was living out of his car and it was, you know, fucking cold as shit. And then uh, somebody was trying to sell, like buy the script off him for like $10,000 or something. And he goes, mm-hmm. nah, I'm going to shoot it. And I'm going to, I'm going to do everything with it. And he had to hold on to it. And eventually, he, when he got the money, he found his dog and he, and he bought his dog back. Yeah. Which is crazy how much these people believe in their projects so much that they'll hold on to it. Let me tell you, if I'm living out of a car, someone's like $10,000, take yeah. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, write a, I'll write another one. I'll, I'll
3: figure yeah. it out. You've got to be a hardcore believer. Yeah. I mean, to to say about the the writer of this show, I, I'm sad I didn't write his name on my notes, but um, he was living in a manachekbang. You know, a checkbang is basically a comic book store. And in Korea, like, it's a huge library of just, like, manga or manhwa.
2: And it's 24-7.
3: Yeah, 24-7. But then, like, these vagrants just go in there and pay for their time to read. <laughs> but they're really just- Jacking s- off.
2: Just sleeping there. <laughs> like, yeah.
3: <laughs> they're just living there. Yeah. So it's amazing. He wrote this story when he was living in Amanajangbang. So he was in the gutter when he wrote it, which makes sense as when you, you you see how the story plays out and as if he was a player in the game too, mm. right? Like where he's got nothing and he's in a, a huge amount of debt. And you can see that like if you broke this um, down to its script, you can see it as a manga. You can see it as a mono, Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, every frame, every, like, shot is, like, fucking perfect. And even the visual cues of when he, like, Kihoon's yelling at whoever's out there watching, like, this man killed this guy. Is this how we're supposed to play the game? And then it cuts to the front man like he is listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I can only imagine the storyboards are dope. I want to see this as a mono check. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know what was so sad, too? And it was... It's that guy who was paired up with his wife. Yeah. Him and his wife was in there and he had to kill yeah. his wife. And then y- you see him kind of go into this peril. He starts spinning out of control. He goes, Let's all just vote. Let's get out of here. What are we even doing here? And then lo and behold, who comes in and starts lecturing him? Yeah. He goes, uh, What's well, not Not Q. Is it Q? Sango. Sango comes in and starts lecturing him. He goes, If you wanted to leave this game so much, why did you kill your wife? You should have killed yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> the fuck, bro? And that's the
3: argument of the theory of desire right what did he really want did he want this money or oh, his wife right and he
2: gave up his fucking life and yeah. then regretted it i so when that scene came out mariel of course looks at me and she just goes she goes would you have killed me like, of, of course <laughs> if with this woman like she's <laughs> she would have to make it about herself <laughs> and i look at her and i say no, I'd kill myself a hundred percent. Yeah. And she goes, would you? I was like, yeah, because I can't live with the guilt knowing that I killed you. And then she looks at me, which I thought was a very sweet line. She goes, so you're selfish. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, so you're only not killing me, not because you love me, it's because you can't live with the guilt. (laughs) So what if I can live with the guilt, but, you
3: know, I'll I'll kill you you, and I can also live with that too. Yeah. (laughs) How did you turn this on me? Dude? It's like, but if if I die, then how are you going to win the game by
2: yourself? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get the money either. I yeah. have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fucking build a memorial yeah. for you. Don't worry about it. Oh man, oh dude, that part two, where uh, he pushed the uh, the glass maker. Oh, and he yeah. had one last, and you know, at the end of the day too, he had to do what he had to do because he was taking forever, and that was a pivotal moment because before. He was playing hella sharky
3: behind the lines, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. He didn't want people to know that's how he was playing the
1: game. Mm-hmm.
3: Cause with the the fucking um uh, the sugar thing carvonet or yeah. the uh, the popkey. Yeah. He didn't tell his teammates his plan. <laughs> right. He that's was right. Playing Sharky as fuck, which goes to show this is how he plays the game of life. The reason why he's he was such a big wig out in the real world was because that's how he does business. Yeah. And then that's also the reason why he got into the game because it made him lose big that's time, right. high I'm, stakes.
2: I remember when I watched it again, and I don't even know why he glanced over this part, but it was when he figured out what the game was and he chose not to say anything at all. Yeah. And he just had a little bit of, hey, do you sh- are you sure you want to play that shit? Yeah. Are you sure you want to play it? That shit cracked. You know why I was kind of cracking up too was he sent me that fucking meme where it was the, was it you? Yeah. Where it was the bookie. And yeah. it was like a you instead of the cat. So he has the little shit that became a huge, huge obsession too. Yeah, dude. Everybody's was... making it on uh, Instagram Reels and TikTok. Dude, Nongshim was doing it too. And I'm like, you make ramen? Yeah. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> the funny thing is, people don't know that candy's whack. Yeah. <laughs> dude, what is it? Sugar and baking soda. Yeah, that's all that. It's burnt sugar and baking soda. Yeah. And people are like, "Wow, this is so cool." And I, you know, I watched videos and like, this is so good. Nobody thinks it tastes good in Korea. So. <laughs> It's like poor kids. It's poor it, people candy. Yeah, like whatever. It's novelty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know who liked it? My dead grandmother. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah. But that's that was the whole idea, right?
3: Yeah. That the part of the games was that older people had an advantage because mm-hmm. they knew the games, right? Yeah. The young kids didn't know what the fuck this shit was. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I only know what it tastes like because when I was in Korea, there's this old in town that you go to. It's like Medieval times, you know those. Ah, uh, right. And then they have to be in character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they'll make, they'll, they're actually making like sun, sunde, like sundae from like way back in the way, like Korean right. blood sausage. They're making all these old candy. They have like dried, uh, preserved persimmons and mm. they had the popki candy. And you see them making it. And I remember I ate it in Korea. I'm like, this is slap. <laughs> like, no is one ever-? We don't eat it anymore. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, just so basic and whack. Yeah. And it's it's funny when people get enraptured by a culture and they talk to you about something that's a part of yours that you don't even know that I don't like.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I dislike it. And they go, dude, I had freaking your Dalgona candies. How fucking amazing is it? And I'm looking at them. <laughs> Dalgona. <laughs> this shit fucking sucks. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. it doesn't taste good. It's just there. It's old people candy. What the fuck yeah. are you saying? Yeah. I, I, and that's part of the hype behind
3: it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's 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 also with uh chapaguri. Oh, parasite, yeah. right? Everyone started. Why were we we eating chapaguri? To mm-hmm. have a decent big ass salty meal. Yeah, <laughs> like because we're broke. What did they
2: call <laughs> it in Parasite?
3: I don't I don't remember.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. Lamdon. Lamdon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember when they did that, right? They're like, oh, make me Lamdon. I'm like, what the
3: fuck is that? That's Chapaguri, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, and they're calling cacao talk WhatsApp. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? That's pretty agreeable. It's Like, what the fuck? You're you're literally taking the promo out of what? Yeah, what Kakao Talk means in Korea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a huge Facebook crash this past week, right? It was all over the news. That's week. right. It took down Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp, mm-hmm. right? And then people understood. Oh my gosh, people rely on communication through WhatsApp. It's like, do you have any idea how much Korea relies on cacao Talk?
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, a and whole then, bunch Yeah My uncle got mad at me Because I stopped responding To him in cacao yeah. But I just deleted the app <laughs> Me too Still, Same deal I, Yeah I don't really want to talk To anybody on it This, this whole fucking At Thanksgiving Comes up to me He goes You're too Hollywood To respond back to your uncle I'm like What the fuck are you talking about He goes I've been messaging you On cacao Fucking every other week And you don't message me And I'm like I haven't had that happen In two years yeah, Nobody uses it yeah. here <laughs> And first of all you First of all If you're listening to this shit Stop sending me bible verses stop that shit so obnoxious <laughs> it's so fucking annoying and then he always sends me a bible verse and then it's like a gif of Jesus Christ <laughs> a, I hope you're protecting your virginity David yeah, I was like I gave that up years ago <laughs> you idiot they fucking hate you so much oh, well guys that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast it is the long awaited breakdown of Squid Game I'm pretty sure there's a lot more other stuff that we could have talked about
3: all the clues to why Ilnam was
2: always in control. Oh, let's see. okay, okay. We'll not end there. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. No, no, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, right. we forgot to mention too that in the game, all the games are on the walls. Right,
3: right. So when you see that when it's down to three, all the bunks are taken out, mm-hmm.
2: and, the, and people were trying to figure out what the games were, and it was just they was just there the whole time. <laughs> the biggest thing too that when uh, when I remember when I watched it again, um. I didn't realize how much in control he was because when everybody started killing each other, when did the game stop? When he said, Everybody! It's like, I'm uh, scared. (laughs) (laughs) And then it stopped. Yeah, He's the reason why the killing stopped because he got freaked out.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, he, he opts out, right? Mm -hmm. When they do that big vote to leave. I think it was the first episode, right? That's Right. Right. And he votes no. And then at the last episode, when he comes back, um, like, big shock, big twist. And you see his whole thing. Like, and this is the big thing. What differentiates this show from all the other ones, like Battle Royale and dah, 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 all that other shit is that this is completely voluntary. You chose to play the game. And I gave you every chance to quit. And you guys kept playing the game. That's mm-hmm. the idea. And I think that's the allegory to our society today about capitalism, right? You got to choose to play the game. Yeah, he,
2: They literally proved his fucking point. Yeah. You know, he goes, I give you an out. I even showed you half the people getting murdered and shot to death and you mm. still decide to fucking come back. Yeah. So why are you mad at me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? You yeah. chose to fucking be here. Also, too, he's number one mm. in, in, in the game. Mm. He's- Speaking of that. So the cop, he finds all those records, mm-hmm. right? Um,
3: very important things that the front man played the game in 2015 and won, mm-hmm. right? Because he turns out to be the cop's brother, right? Who was missing the whole time. Um, the game started in 1988 or whatever. These games happen in 2020, right? That's the 2020 folder he goes through. He opens a 2020 folder and what's the first page? Player zero, zero, 002. Oh, <laughs> he took his own record out. That's right.
2: right. Yeah,
3: And then um, you go through, I mean, I, I heard ones that were bullshit. I, like, I looked it up. Like They said he wasn't actually chained to the rope. He was. Okay. Yeah. I, th-
2: I think like he says about the whole idea of it being chemisov. Oh, you know what right? I saw it the second time? I'm not sure if people uh, mentioned this like in a theory, but one of the things that I picked up that kind of made me a little excited was when he was talking about um, the milk thing. And he goes, oh, I had a son uh, that didn't like that. I was like, is that motherfucker your dad? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of those too. Oh, so right? people have talked about that. Yes, yes, that shit. When I when I when I heard it again, I'm like, huh? Are they dropping a hint here? But
3: my friend gave another theory that the front man Lee Byung Hyun is actually his son. That one made more oh, sense to me. Oh
2: yeah 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 yeah. Because yeah.
3: like yes, there's a connection between the three of them. Il Nam the old man, Ki our our main protagonist. and the front man Lee Byung Hyun, right? Mm-hmm. That there are all the similar type of character archetypes, right, to be in the position they're in. But also the idea of how nothing is enough, right? I mean, in the front man's apartment, when it was being investigated, he was reading that book, The Theory of Desire. Why? At that point, he had won the games. He has millions of dollars, right? But he was living in a shitty fucking studio apartment, mm-hmm. right? With shared bathrooms and all that shit, right? Yeah. He was living in squalor. He wasn't, doesn't seem like he was using any of that money. Yeah. What does he really want? What does he desire? What is not enough for him that he has to keep filling this hole for himself? The whole reason why Il started these games because nothing, everything was boring. Life was boring. Nothing was enough, you know? And for Kim, the same way where um, nothing is at, is enough for him yeah right those are the archetypes i follow about these three why il nam was drawn towards Ki-hun and why they were partnered up so many times right and he was saying it was fun playing with you i like playing with you i think in the past like this could be season two theories right that maybe in the 2015 games he also played and he played with Hyun, mm-hmm. right and he probably pulled the same shit off or whatever at the same time, the, the theory about the front man being his son, because he does take over the games, right? At the end of the day, I really don't think it matters if they're their son or not, but that he was still looking for successors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think either way, it could be Kihun or it could be the front man to be his kids. Like, he, like Ilnam, he was saying um, that Kihun helped him remember, right? When they were playing the Marbles game, because they set up that neighborhood would look like the one he grew up in. How would Gihun know that? That like what, where Ilnam grew up? Yeah. But I think the front man would know where they grew up, mm. right? Because this is the house where he worked his ass off to take care of his kids, but his kids wouldn't recognize him whenever he came home because they were too enthralled in their game. Right? And he wanted to feel that way where you lose track of time and everything else, all the bullshit that's happening in the world, because this is the funnest thing happening
2: right now. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy.
3: Yeah. Damn, I didn't even think
2: about it like that. <laughs> there's just so, so good.
3: many good clues. There's so many like hidden little things in there. Like you could watch it again and again.
2: I fun. mean, that was this thing too, when I watched it the second time around. And it's funny too, I I, I read a, a couple of comments from people like, like why would you walk, watch it again two times over? I'm like, <laughs> because there's so much to it. It's yeah. like you... If you didn't watch it two times over and you really enjoyed this, that means you only got the surface level of watching people die. Yeah. <laughs> that,
3: that's the only reason why you, just you like, like that sh- shock and awe.
2: Yeah, that's this. The reason why Squid Game is so good is beyond that shock and awe because we've heard it multiple times before. This this format technically has been done multiple times. Yeah. The the writer took his uh, he took the influence from you know stuff like Battle Royale and all these other shows. That's not why this show is great, yeah. right? And you don't really have to even dig that deep. So if you're looking at this, you go, oh, this is Battle Royale all over again. You're missing the whole point of Squid Game. You didn't watch this. Watch it again one more time because during that scene, when he finally got what he wanted, he was fulfilled, he opted to go out. He didn't give him the marble to teach him this great lesson. Yeah, He was done. (laughs) Yeah, He was fucking done. It took the magic away from this emotional scene when I watched it again twice. It was, oh, I got what I needed from you. Mm. here's the marble continue this game without me because I'm done he has no point in being in this game anymore yeah so it, it kind of foot the whole meaning of it that that he was having fun
3: it was great it's like everything's gonna be all right, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy yeah and and that's that's the the difference too like uh if you watch um all these other death game genre movies um it's a horror right it's mm-hmm. presented more like a horror it's It's very cynical. So a lot of them get creative in the ways people die. Mm -hmm. They entertain you through death, right? But all the deaths in Squid Games were tragic. They weren't good. They weren't funny when people died. Yeah, They were shockingly horrible. That was the horror. Movie. Yes. Nobody's that, head was getting sliced mul- multiple different yeah, ways. There yeah. wasn't some impossible game that was going to mm-hmm. fuck you up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't Finest like a destination. Solid yeah. It wasn't yeah. like that at all. It was very much more like an allegory to our society. Like, even though the three rules to the, the contract that they had assigned, it was like employment papers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you want to work here? This is what you got to do. You can't stop playing the game unless know? everybody decides that they yeah. want to leave. And then, oh, fuck, what was the second rule? I forget. But, like, um, third rule, like, I guess it could be equated to going on strike or something. Mm-hmm. Everyone getting a fair chance. And that was the most important thing about the games that they had, right? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the other thing about Il-Nam, I, oh, man, it just escaped my head. Fuck.
2: Because <laughs> we'll have to bring it up. In another episode or something. Yeah. Well, guys. That wraps up this episode of the Jesus Brain Podcast for real this time. Yeah. You just keep on finding these little gems and Easter eggs. If there's other stuff that you guys saw that you want to mention, write in the comments. Talk about it because I want to read all that shit. I didn't read too much of the, the theories because I wanted to read it later after the podcast. Yeah. Because I just wanted to talk about the stuff that I saw just watching it over again. But there's yeah. probably so many other things I'm missing. But if you haven't seen Squid Game yet, we probably just ruined it for you. Well, <laughs> if you didn't watch it, you're you and I don't know. There's a billion people who have, so yeah, you're you're missing out. Yeah, one of the best fucking series you'll ever see, and it's on fucking Netflix. Amazing, amazing. They, it's part of what they invested like half a
3: billion dollars into Korean content. That's amazing. This is all worth it. All worth all it, all just worth for it. one show, dude. Yeah,
2: all worth it. They had to they had to get it, knocking out the park somehow. Uh, you could catch Ed at Ed Park VP on Instagram. Are you still doing your podcast?
3: Uh, I have a few ideas written out, but I've been so fucking lazy about it. That's okay. why I haven't been mentioning it. Okay. But when
2: <laughs> I do, I will bring it up again. Okay, okay. And then Genius Brain every Thursday, Sundays up until January 1st. January 1st, we're going once a week. But until then, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.